You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. By the way, I just got to say, I love your guys' dynamic. I really do. I can almost just, you can just feel the love right there. I mean, we got the sister over here doing her thing. and I thought he was going to jump over here and hug her at some point. No, but I, God bless you guys. I think that's awesome. And, and I really want to, that's something that I, I know I got to improve with, with my wife, just, you know, being her number one fan. So, hey, Pat, I see you. Uh, just a quick clarification. Some of you guys know my dad's from El Salvador, but mom's from actually Guerrero, Mexico. So just to be clear, the, the mole from Guerrero is no doubt the best mole. Just keeping it real. So, um, hey man, guys, uh, I, I gotta say, uh, my, my spirits are definitely lifted. Um, I'm actually happy again. Uh, the reason I say that is because about 24 hours ago, I was a little bit sad. Uh, I was, you know, kind of in the pits, like I'm, like probably a lot of you guys were seeing, uh, you know, what's going over there in Israel. I mean, I was really uh, shook, and um, it was just really hard for me to digest, right, and process how, you know, I could be in my home, right, just uh, with my wife, drinking like a Starbucks on my couch, comfortable, and on the other side of the world, there's probably a guy just like me hiding in a closet with his family, you know, just scared to death, you know, praying that nothing happens to them. So, you know, I was, uh, um, you know, it really stirred me. Um, Ryan ended up calling me and talking with me. I appreciate you, brother. And my wife also did. So, um, you know, because I, I wasn't sure how to, what to feel, right? Like, um, I kind of felt guilty for some reason, right? And um, but ultimately, I landed in a place of gratitude, right, so for the life that God has given me. And um, But I just wanted to disclose that for, uh, to you guys, because in case you see my energy a little bit off or I spontaneously start bursting into tears, you guys know why. I'm like, from 1 to 10, I'm at 8 emotionally. Amen? So um, if you guys just wouldn't mind and just joining me in prayer so we can start this thing off. <sighs> Heavenly Father, just thank you. For getting me here safe, um, I'm really happy to be here, to have been invited here to preach as an honor, and I just really pray that you uh, uh, speak through me today um, and really communicate clearly the message that you want for your people today, Father. So uh, thank you. Be with the rest of the people up here serving, and um, it is in Jesus' name we pray. All right, guys, let's go. So I know that you guys have been um, uh, doing the By the Spirit series, By the Spirit series, correct? So um, I guess technically it was um, over last week, so I guess this is kind of like a bonus edition, right? Kind of like when you watch a Marvel movie and stay to the end of the credits, right? And then you get a little bit extra. That's kind of what this is. And... um, yeah, it's been really interesting because uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit can be a little, a little bit complicated, at least for me to sometimes really understand. So I appreciate that uh, the church has taken time to really try to get in there and, and flesh out the Holy Spirit and its role 
in our lives. So uh, we could, uh, you could just bear with me. By the way, my family really wanted to be here. Um, they said hi. They uh, they almost came, but being that I came exclusively and specifically to preach, I really thought it was best just to really focus. And uh, it was best this time for them to stay behind. But um, that's actually a pretty good picture. I wish that was authentic. But uh, <laughs> we kept on driving by there. And it was always a long line. So I just did that on camera. But uh, it didn't come out so bad, right? But uh, my wife, uh, uh, especially the little one, Nazareth, on Tuesday... I'm in my room, uh, you know, watching this, the, the, your service from Sunday when you preach, Rhett. And uh, Nazareth walks in, and she looks at the screen, and she kind of does a double take, and she goes, I want to go to that church. I just thought that was so beautiful. And it's just a reminder of even at four years old, church is making an impact in these kids, guys. So, you know, don't forget that. So let's go and jump into uh, John chapter 14. And uh, not sure if you guys remember, the last time I was up here, about three months ago, when I, we, we did communion with my wife, uh, it was on the, um, the Last Supper. And as you guys all know, it's when uh, Jesus, uh, the Last Supper, he washes the feet, he tells them, his apostles, that one of them is going to betray him, and that ultimately he has to leave, right? So uh, the apostles are shook, right? They've been... With Jesus the last three years, they've given up everything, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm out. And they're like, what? Like, what do you mean? Right? And so this is where we pick up. Uh, this is Jesus obviously trying to uh, console them a little bit. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to, and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas, which I can relate to, says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And, uh, how can we know the way? And Jesus says, very probably one of the most famous uh, verses of the Bible, right? I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And now another brother jumps in and says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus says to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I, I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, I t- truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the work that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. 
If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Let's pause there. So, Jesus is trying to explain to the disciples, right? I have to go. I got to go back to my father's house. But I'm going to prepare a place for you guys. And I'm going to come back for you guys. And you guys know the way. And Thomas, which is probably something that I would have asked, like, what do you mean the way? I don't know the way. Like, you never said nothing about the way. And Jesus is like, I'm the way. No one gets to the father if it isn't through me. And you know me. So you know the way. And then Philip jumps in. Can we just get a, a, a preview, a little glimpse of the Father? And he's like, Jesus is like, you guys kind of don't get it. Me and the Father, we're one. If you, if you know me, you know the Father. Right? And uh, ultimately he says, look, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. So that's the way. And that message isn't just for them, it's for us. If we love Jesus, we love the Father, if we want to be with him, we just got to follow his commandments, right? If we, really follow, if we really want to follow him. And then he says, like a bonus, right? I'm not going to leave you guys by yourself. I'm going to send a helper. And it's a good thing we've been studying about the, the word because if not, that could really kind of gloss over, right? Like the helper. Because honestly, the helper... At least to me, it doesn't sound too authoritative, right? It's like the helper, like a, like an assistant, right? Like in football terms, that's like benching Patrick Mahomes and bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It, it like, it like doesn't seem like I'm, like it's on the same part, right? Um, I believe the word in Greek is parakletos. And you can tell it's, it was hard even for, uh, even, even to translate that, because depending on the version, you have the helper, you have the advocate, you have the comforter, and they're all true, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And, and it says to forever. He's with us forever. And he is our advocate, right? Like an advocate, I think of, uh, you know, a lawyer, like somebody who's gonna represent us, right? And he is a comforter, right? Comforter, you think, I don't know, I think about a, a warm hug or a blanket, right? And all of this is the Holy Spirit. And if, if we go back for a bit, um, I know a few months ago, before we left, uh, Steve was um, bringing this uh, concept of the, old, of the Holy Spirit in the, to- in the Old Testament and the Ruach, right? Be careful saying that when you, you're congested, by the way. And uh, it's like... Um, it's like this invisible energy, right, that fills our lungs and, and gives us life. And it's this invisible energy that's in the sky, blowing the winds. It's like everywhere, right? And this is his Ruach, God's Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, we see that he indwells certain people at different times with the Holy Spirit to do some miraculous and supernatural things. Like we see... Um, you know, Joseph, Moses, uh, the 70 elders, the, the prophets, and, uh, you know, doing specific tasks through the Holy Spirit. And then it's through the prophets that he says that when the Holy Spirit returns, just as he transformed the earth from darkness and void and turned into something beautiful, 
uh, alive, healthy, and green. He's going to do another work where he's going to transform hearts, and we'll get back to that later. And then we see uh, how uh, Jesus comes into play, and we see something amazing happen with Jesus, right? Right at the start of his ministry, we see a picture in Matthew. Uh, Matthew, give me a second. Three, uh, yes, at his baptism, Matthew 3.16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, right? So we see when he comes out of the water, uh, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove just descend on, on Jesus. And we know that after that, his ministry begins, and he starts doing a bunch of miracles, right, which are very important. And what I find interesting about that is there's a parallel there to Acts 2.38, right? When Peter's talking with the fellow Jews, and he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I think Jesus models that for us perfectly. But the question I think, I don't know if you guys had, but I sure had is, okay, how does that work, right? The Holy Spirit now. Like, does that mean that we're going to do supernatural things, right? Um, yes and no, right? So at that time, it was important for Jesus to perform some of these miracles because it was important for him to really show everybody that he was the living God, right? Because I don't know if you guys know, at that time, he wasn't the only one saying that he was the Messiah, right? So there was a way that he needed to show that he was the real deal. So some of these uh, miracles were important so that people could be like, wow, this guy is, you know, making the crippled walk and uh, the blind people see. He's resurrecting people. And, you know, obviously people were like, okay, this guy is the real deal. And ultimately he resurrects himself, which totally was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, this is the real deal. And, um, but then, like, like we just read, he leaves. It says he leaves the Holy Spirit with us. And we just read how we receive the Holy Spirit. So now what? What, what, what is it exactly that's going to happen to us? So again, going back to what I said about the prophets, in Ezekiel, we, it tells us what exactly the Holy Spirit is going to do now for us. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put it within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Right? So the Holy Spirit is going to, it's role is to transform our hearts now. That's the role of the Holy Spirit today. Uh, and I love the way in Acts, it kind of tries to describe the Holy Spirit as a, like a little flame, right? And, and then oftentimes it uses words like quench. Another word for quench in that context is extinguish. So we get the Holy Spirit, but it's up to us how we develop it. Is it just going to be flickering and sputtering? Or is it going to be strong and bright and hot, right? And that's entirely up to us. If we really want the Holy Spirit to work through us and grow and make us mature Christians, then we have to do our part, right? How do we do our part? 
You know, how about reading the Bible, right? How about really reading the Bible on the daily? Um, how about praying, right? I'm not sure if, that, if it was you read. I think it was you who said when you pray, right, you're talking to God, and when, you're, when you uh, are meditating and silent, that's when you hear talk, God talking back to us, right? I think that was you. Um, fasting, right, fasting. And, um, you know, these are what helps the Holy Spirit grow within us and makes us mature. And why, why do we want this? Why do we want the Holy Spirit to grow in us? Well, because God can use you better when, you're, when you got the Holy Spirit in you, right? Because um, that's what it's all about. As far as I'm concerned, as a disciple, we're here for his business, right? We can get caught up in our own stuff, but we're here for him, for his glory. And if I'm being honest, guys, you know, part of the reason I would say that, that we left to Vegas was because I would say I was really kind of burnt out a little bit, if I'm being honest. I felt that I was kind of like spread too thin over here. I mean, I'm born and raised here 44 years, so got deep roots here, and I just felt like I barely had enough time to breathe. And I really felt that, especially my relationship with the Father was, I felt that I kind of just, I was stuck. Really wasn't breaking through to another level. And I, I didn't like that. And I was like, I need, we, need a, we, need, we need a change of scenery. You know what I mean? We need to kind of like recalibrate, find our baseline again. Because I kind of feel like I'm stuck. And Jackie was feeling the same way. And, you know, people are like, why Las Vegas, Sin City? Because it's Sin City. And there's a lot of sin there. And, and people need to hear the good news anywhere, even in Sin City. Um, and, you know, as I'm, as I'm going there and I'm starting to meet new people, I'm seeing the needs over there. Apparently, Las Vegas has one of the highest rates of teen homelessness, right? So I'm praying with Jackie just for, for him to just put us in the right situation so we could really be more useful for the kingdom, right? And, you know, my message for you guys today is to uh, seek that, right? Seek your role in God's kingdom, right? Let the Holy Spirit mature inside you and really guide you to what he has in store for, for you guys. Uh, but we all got to be participating. Um, you know, and we all have gifts and we have to use them, um, you know, for the kingdom, whether it's singing, whether it's serving, whether it's tech, whether it's leading a small group, whether it's preaching, whether it's serving the less fortunate, the least of these. But we got to get some skin in the game, guys. You know what I mean? God bless you. Got the guys, um, Ryan who has, and his wife who has, have the heart to go out there and serve the homeless. And uh, God bless people like Clay who always is uh, opening his house to also serve the disciples because that's a need too, just really taking care of the disciples uh, that sometimes honestly um, uh, are, are forgotten because we could be like, oh, well, they're saved. You know, they're okay, but sometimes there's real pain and there's a real need in some of the disciples in our own church. And, you know, we need people like that who, who really look after um, the, the, the brethren. So I just pray that you guys really are seeking that. And don't allow yourself to get caught up like I think I was in just the day-to-day stuff within, within this, this life that we've built. Uh, for me, some of the... 
verses that really helped me, like just kind of balance myself out, is verses like in Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter two, verse four, and it says, "No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs." And the thought of the thought of that is, you know, when you're in battle, when you're in war, you're not worried about who's up in the election. You're not worried about who's up in the standings. You know, you're not worried about what's, uh, what happened in the last episode of your favorite show. You're engaged in the battle because it's life or death, right? And not saying that some of these things aren't important. I get it. Uh, people who know me knows that I love hanging out and having a good time, but it's about priorities, right? It's God's kingdom first. So it's things like this, like verses like that that remind me that we're here for a different um, mission, that our battle is a spiritual one. Other verses like um, Luke 6, 32. If you love only those who love you why, you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love who love them. And that really hit me hard because I know that sometimes I can get caught up in just taking care of the people that share my last name, Right? And uh, it's, it's more than that, guys. Obviously, it's biblical, especially as, you know, the man of the house. We got to make sure that our family is taken care of. But we have to, you know, look on the peripheral, on the periphery. You know, there's, there's people out there that are in pain and that need you as Christians to show them the light, to befriend them. I have a friend that I don't know. I think you, some of you guys have met him. His name is Fabian Castrillon. He's an MLA, been a disciple a long time. Uh, this brother has been fruitful about 32 times. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that means you know, bringing, helping somebody come to the faith and getting baptized. And uh, I asked him one time, I'm like, bro, that's amazing. Like, that's like, kind of unheard of, right? Like, how, how, how'd you do it? And he was like, bro, oftentimes I would just befriend people and we would just become friends even before I ever mentioned anything about God or church. He goes, sometimes I'd be just hanging out in my front yard grilling, and somebody would pass by and be like, that smells good. He's like, come on, get yourself a plate. And becoming friends with people, just being the light, being like Jesus. It's very simple if you really think about it. Just kind of be like Jesus, right? And just open up your heart and get out of your comfort zone. And uh, ultimately... This is one of my favorite verses, Romans uh, 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, so, Thank you, brother. So I always try to really just, uh, just remember that. Right to not conform to the patterns of this world because it's very easy to do, and it's very easy to get caught up in, in, in the patterns of this world. And I mean, every day, as soon as we walk out of our house, we're just being influenced by TV, by radio, by movies, by billboards, by everything, and we have to, you know, counteract that uh, with spiritual stuff. Right? Um, oftentimes, uh, going back to rep, you know, we we like using that that uh, example of the old Looney Tunes cartoons with the devil and the angel. And there's truth to that, right? Who are we going to listen to, right? Who are we going to follow, right? Our sinful nature or the Holy Spirit, 
It's entirely up to us. Uh, we know what God wants us to do. And we know what, what, what Jesus said in John chapter 14. If you love me and you really want to be with me, you're going to follow my commandments. Amen? So uh, how am I in time? Okay. I, I ramble and I just kind of lose track of everything. Appreciate you. But uh, yeah, look, so um, I want to just tie us into a communion, right? And there's a verse that I really want to um, just share with you to really tie this up. Oh, it's on, it's on the board. Up there, there you go. Okay. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Interesting verse, right? Um, I don't think that we're talking about salvation here, right? I don't think God is talking about, okay, if you didn't uh, forgive your, your buddy or whatever, then you're going to lose your salvation. I don't think it's really talking about that. It's more talking about uh, your posture and your relationship with the Father, right? So just think about it like this. Like, let's say you, you're having a disagreement with uh, your spouse, your father, your child, whoever, uh, and then you guys aren't, you know, there's some conflict there. He's still your relative, but the relationship isn't where it needs to be. And it's really talking more about that, that, um, you know, when, 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 when we come out of the waters of baptism, we repent of our sins, we're forgiven. We know that that's not the end all, right? That we still continue to live and we still fall and we still commit sins. And we still have to ask for forgiveness. So he's talking more about that. Like when we're, you know, failing him every day, right? Because we probably sin every day and we're asking for forgiveness. God's like, how do you expect me to forgive you if you're not, you haven't even forgiven your, your neighbor, your coworker, your spouse, your cousin, your sibling, right? And if you want to have the right relationship with, with the father, you need to clear that up. Right, because uh, you know we don't want to be hypocrites, right? We don't want to ask for forgiveness and then we don't share grace and forgiveness. And I know that's a tough one, but through Jesus, all things are possible, right? So uh, I made that mistake, right? Earlier this morning, uh, I apologized to my good brother Fred, who I love dearly, uh, because the way I kind of left the church—well, I didn't leave the church, but you know what I mean. Um, it was just, it was just kind of abrupt, and I didn't do a good job of really, uh, you know, talking with Fred and letting him know about this transition. It kind of just hit him out of nowhere, and I hurt him. And I'm, I'm really sorry, brother. You know, I love you, right? And um, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't the right thing to do. But I love him, right? He's a good guy, and if he hurts, then I hurt. So I, I you know, I feel good that we we spoke, and I hope I didn't embarrass you, but. I just really wanted to know that you mean a lot to me, and it was the right thing to do. Um, that wasn't that hard, was it? Right? 
guys, just, you know, just make things right. Um, that's what God wants, right? And I know how it feels when, um, you know, when, when one of my kids does something good and I, good job, son, good job, daughter. You know, they feel, um, they feel amazing. And I feel the same way. Even at 44, when my dad, you know, tells me you did a good job. You know, don't you want that from the father? Hey, good job. Proud of you. You showed grace. Um, so let's just, you know, just dwell on that um, as we take communion. And, uh, you know, let's just, uh, we're in this together. Um, this is a family. Uh, love you guys. I missed you guys. I hope to be invited back here someday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you can just uh, bow your heads and let's do communion together. <laughs> Heavenly Father, just thank you for the opportunity to stand up here humbly in front of your people. Um, and just, just really uh, fill our hearts right now as we remember the great sacrifice that your son did on the cross for us. We know how difficult that, that was not just for him, but for you, Father. I can't even imagine. And we're just so lucky, we're so humbled and grateful that, 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 that you continue to forgive us in, in spite of our just constantly failing, Father. But please be patient with us. Uh, I know we're trying to be better and to honor you and to honor the great sacrifice Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. So, Father, thank you. Please fill us all with your Holy Spirit. Help us be better for your glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.